what is up, wrestling fans, your host with the most, George McKime in the building, here with my cohort in crime, the man who has a face for radio, Steve the Animal Mitchell. How's it going, uh, wrestling fans? What's going on is this, it's the final episode of 2018 for us, we're going to put it in the books, wrap it up, take three weeks to enjoy time with family and friends over the Christmas holidays, yep, and then we will be back first week of January as we promised. And just a quick announcement as we're talking about that, uh, all our podcasts, new and old, will be available online on all our platforms. You'll hear it at the end of the show if you don't know it, but Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play will all be available on there. January 1st, we'll be dropping episode 20 to episode 40. Gone. Archived. No more available. Because we need to make room for new and exciting things that we're going to be discussing. And in 2019, as we did in 2018, as we did from 2017 when we started, when we kicked this thing in the high gear in 2018, we're forever changing, growing, alternating, moving. We're organic. We don't stay complacent in one place, which we're both very excited and proud about. This moving little baby, on up. This little baby has grown into something that we can both say we are extremely proud of. Would you not agree? I would totally agree with that, 100, sir. 100%. So that is where we are at and where we are going. And I don't think there's a better way to end 2018 than this we did a couple of great career profiles in november we gave uh, you gave an epic one on kenny omega i did last week on the american nightmare cody also equally epic thank you very much i do appreciate that and this time we're not going to profile a wrestler that everybody knows we're going to profile the wrestler everybody should damn well know yep one that we're very 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 excited about one that we're trying to get on this show he's already done a few podcasts but our our interview is going to be a little bit different it's going to be epic. It's going to pull back the curtain. It's going to give you everything we did with George the Iceman. We're going to give you an in-depth look into the mind of who we think is the face of Canadian strong style. Everybody's so strong style these days. You've got Japanese strong style. You've got British strong style. You've got American strong style, I guess, if you could say, with certain things in WWE, but not really. And we here at home in Canada, we've got Canadian strong style. And this man is the face of Canadian strong style. We are talking about no other than... The walking weapon, Josh Alexander. I've had an opportunity to see this guy fight twice. You had an opportunity to see him fight once. Yep. And everything that he is, he is. He is literally the walking weapon. We have seen him take some chops, laugh it off. We've seen him go to the top rope. We've seen him run over the... He's got the whole package. He's got the look, the character, the charisma, the style. And man, can he beat you down. He Man, the guy is just stamina, stamina, stamina. It's unbelievable just to watch this guy go from start to finish and you totally get by the end of every single time you, you watch this guy and especially in the catalog of, of matches that we're going to talk about that you can go back, you can archive, you can go check out on YouTube. Um, the, the, the guy's unbelievable when it comes to stamina and being able to go in there not only just stamina but being able to go in there and tell a damn good story with absolutely anyone he steps foot in the ring with mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely and um the information is out there on the internet for you but you really have to comb through it all there's a lot a little bit here a little bit there nothing really a full profile on the guy and that's where we're hoping to try to put everything together so everybody gets the pro profile and to get hyped we obviously have to play his entrance music because it's super 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 cool uh, you actually did a drum video cover on it, which definitely got a lot of hits. We posted on all our socials. It's also on your page at Instagram, uh, Steve the Animal Drums. Yep, Steve, Steve the, the Animal, Animal Drums, Drums at uh, at Animal Drums eighty four on Twitter. But other than that, at at, uh, at Steve the Animal Drums for every other platform. And Josh loved it so much, he reshared it. 
Yep, which was super cool. Destiny also liked it, which reshared it, and that was super cool. So, to get everybody hyped, to get us hyped, here is his entrance music, The Walking Weapon. got that look on his face like who's ever in there i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna hurt you in ways that are unimaginable and this guy is just epic i'm actually very proud to say that i own one of his shirts and it is super cool and if you actually are interested after this profile and you want to check him out you can hit him up on twitter he's walking underscore weapon on twitter facebook his real name joshua lemay he does accept followers, but he's getting close to that like 5,000 cap before they cap it, so you can't friend it, but you can follow him at that point. He's like right there. I mean, yeah. He's only like like 50 or 60 away, so try to get in there to be a friend before you just give me a follower. It's really awesome, because it's, it's, we're, we're catching this before uh, the homie actually really breaks out there and, and, and gets really in everybody's face of everybody's going to know who the walking weapon is, but at this point, um, it's pretty awesome that you can really go online and only find very minimal things on him it's kind of good and bad but at the same time though it's um it's, it's awesome that we're we're catching it at the, at the very beginning of of what soon will be what what everybody is seeing with drew mcintyre and what everybody's seeing with uh just anybody that's that's coming up in the ranks that you know for a fact that when you see this guy 100 percent that like this guy's gonna be huge he's gonna be on tv when he gets on tv it's gonna be massive that kind of thing this is what the walking weapon Josh Alexander really is. And I actually, before we even get into uh, his story, should uh, inform everybody that uh, George, uh, the host with the most, he went out of his way to really um, comb through a lot of this information. He was not kidding when he told you that the, the fact that it's very difficult to find a lot of information on uh, Mr. Josh Alexander. So um, had to actually uh, get a Google translator. Found a website in German. Yeah, had to <laughs> found um, the, a lot of the information is in German and had to actually get Google translator to actually go through it all to uh, sift through and translate everything. So um, the, the information that we're giving you, it was very difficult to find and uh, George really went out of his way to find it. So really, really looking forward to this. Thank you very much. I do appreciate that. So um, let's get into it. Uh, obviously his real name, Joshua LeMay, as I mentioned earlier on his Facebook. One other thing to shout out to, he does have walkingweapon.blogspot.ca I believe it's a it's a blog that he updates as frequently as he possibly can but that's on there as well so this guy's 6'1 he's 227 pounds cut he's cut he's not 6'1 hefty here and there he's cut super super cut and uh, so he's 31 years old uh, real name is Joshua LeMay but is, is, as we said his wrestling moniker Josh Alexander aka The Walking Weapon he is happily married has two beautiful kids at home uh, with Mrs. Walking Weapon, we also want to shout out as well. Because you know what? It's She's also a wrestler herself. 
And it's difficult, as we know, and this is one of the questions when hopefully we get that sit down with them. I want to talk about the relationship point of view in the business. Is it different if you're with someone that's not in the business or is it different than when you're with someone in the business? And, you know, I see all of, all of Facebook stuff he posted, post this one awesome photo that we definitely have to throw up at the end of this episode with his, his son, with all of his belts and his championships around him. Yeah, and you can all see four titles around him. Yeah, and you can see the future looks pretty, pretty bright. I mean, if, 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 if daddy's talent isn't enough, what those kids, if they follow in dad's footsteps and go into wrestling, what their talent level is going to be. Because yeah. you know what? As we've seen through second and third generations, talent is definitely, in certain ways, transmitted. Yeah. And you sometimes have it, and you sometimes don't. I mean, two words, not jacks. We're going to move on, though. I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into Any chance I can get a shot at that chick, I will. 100%. So, a couple other alter egos that he's gone by is Jay Phoenix, a.k.a. Phoenix... Jay Jackal, Josh Alexander, and AKA, obviously, The Walking Weapon. He's been a singles wrestler since 2005 to the present. He's been a tag team wrestler since 2006 to the present. As I mentioned, he did start his career in 2005. He's been in the business now a total of 13 years. And his wrestling style, as from what I understand from this website, they've coined him as a technicer. So he's very technical, but he'll also beat the crap out of you. Yeah. So he's got that. Uh, trainers are Johnny Devine and Michael Elgin. And nicknames, we go by the Roman, the Walking Weapon. Signature moves, he's got the TKO, the Pro River Plunge, and the Spinning Tombstone Pile Driver, which you and I have seen quite a few times. And let me tell you, it's cool. And the Pro River Plunge, when he executes it, he executes it perfectly. Not like our good friend Ahmed Johnson, who never executed it perfectly. Yeah. Josh executed, executes it perfectly and safely. He has been a couple times in Pro Wrestling Illustrated. So quickly, just to throw these out, 2010, he was ranked 370th out of how many they do. Let's say 500. He was ranked 370th. Then in 2011, he dropped a little bit, 385. 2012, he shot up to 222. 2013, a little bit of a step tack, 369. 14, he was 367. 2017, he was 417th. And this year, currently, he sits at 381. Right on. So he's gone up and down, but you know what? We we know, as you and I know, he is ready for that major contract. And it's a fact that you and I have got to see him in such an intimate setting. We've got to see him up close and personal, and we just know everything about the guy, and he's so humble. We've met him a few times, and the second time he actually remembered me, I couldn't believe it. He, he, was, he looked at me a little taken back because he thought we were going to do the interview that night, but some scheduling conflicts came in the way. That's when you scored me and the wife tickets to the Destiny show. Through George. Again, Iceman, thank you for that. That was epic. The first ever I pay-per-view. And uh, that's when I got the shirt. And I wore it with pride. I still wear it with pride. I wear it at least once a week. And I hang-dry that thing because I don't want to ruin it. So we're, just to, We're fans, Josh, in case you didn't know. <laughs> I, I do, we're big, huge fans of you, dude. Like, I've, honestly, this I've got is a not budding romance. Really, it's, a, it, it's, it's few and far between that really come... That, that's the thing. is It's few and far between that you come across somebody in this day and age... That's that's new that you're this that I that for me personally that I'm this jazzed on and I know for you that you're personally that that jazzed on. I am. I mean, I think this guy's great. Like I said, so humble. Takes the time. Pictures with his fans after he had that grueling triple threat match with Aiden Prince and Loki when he won the interim Destiny Wrestling Championship. Buckets of sweat just drenched. That was a forty minute barn burner. Yeah. And I went up to him and I was like, dude, you sold me on everything you are. Can I get a picture? Yeah, man. Absolutely. Big smile on his face, dripping sweat. You knew he was exhausted, but he took the time. And that's what a lot of wrestlers don't do. 
at the yeah. iPay-Per-View, I had a chance to meet somebody who's been on TV. Somebody who's been up there. I'm not going to mention any names. And when I went up to him and I was like, hey, man, can I get a picture with you? They got charged for that. Just yeah. go ahead and buy one of my shirts. And I was like, cool, let me go back to my seat and get my wallet. And everyone back. Because I don't think I should have to pay for your time. If you want to take the time to get to know your fans, cool. But if you think you're already there, which really you aren't. The person, the, I'm not going to shout out any names. The person I met, he was impressive. Just as he's been impressive on TV. But you're not, you know... Seth Rollins or Kevin Owens in my eyes. You still, you yourself still have a lot of work to do. But the fact that Josh Alexander took the time out, remembered you, remembered me, that was a big deal. Yeah. That was a big deal. That means the guy actually sits down and he puts names to faces and he remembers the fans that remember him. Because wherever he goes, we will follow. And he gives that respect <clears throat> back to his fans. And that's exactly what you're supposed to do. That's the way the business works, right? Yep. We, we, do, we, we cheer for you enough to make a scream loud enough so somebody hears willing to put you back out there for us on a regular basis. Yep. So why not just take the two seconds, give a little back? He's the guy that's listening to Walking Weapon every single night, because every single night, man, it doesn't matter. And you can go back and archive any any match from previous. You'll hear walking we- a very, very distinct Walking Weapon chant going on at the beginning, middle, and end of every single one of his matches. And so that's what's amazing to me, is a guy that can actually take the time and, and really recognize that and then give that time back to his fans. Yeah, it's, it's an important, it's, it's definitely for me, it's important, because I when I put myself out there and I invest in you, there has to be return. And he definitely does that. Yep. And the other in- individual, I'm not going to mention names, charging me for a selfie. Get out of here, show. <laughs> Anyways, here. just to get back to the great guy that we're speaking about. Uh, so his birthday, May 29th, 1987. A little younger than you and I, a little bit bitter about that, because I'm 35 <laughs> now, and he's only 31, you lucky bastard. No, I'm joking. Um, so, a couple tag teams of staples to recognize. He was, it was Blue Steel with Prodigy. He was Club Sex with three X's with Sebastian Suave. He was the, the Divine Duo with Mike Rollins. Uh, Phoenix and Prodigy with Prodigy. The Tiger with the Prodigy. Monster Mafia with Ethan Page, who's also his best friend and the guy who pretty much helps him with everything creative and that's from 2001 to the present that's still ongoing and he was also overdogs with sebastian suave uh, a couple things that he's won insane wrestling league he won the iwl tag team championships one time with his best friend and character 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 creator control if you will ethan page pro wrestling gorilla they won the tag team championships him and ethan page page sorry squared circle wrestling uh he premier championship twice he won it two times Union of Independent Professional Wrestlers, he was the heavyweight champion one time. Uh, Pro Stars, a couple other things he was with two more staples. Pro Stars with Tyler Trivia. True Steel with Killer Kumpf. VIP with Sebastian Suave. He's done a lot of things with Suave as he has done with Paige. And he was a member of the Warriors with Mike Rollins. A couple other championships to run through. Absolute Intense Wrestling. He was their champion one time and that's current. That's still ongoing. AAW Heavyweight Championship, All-American Wrestling, that's AAW, one-time champ. Alpha One Wrestling, he was the Alpha One, he was the Alpha A1 Alpha Male Champion twice, A10 Gravity Champion one time. Uh, Capital City Championship Combat, C4 Championship one time, C4 Tag Team Champions with Raheem Ali one time. Frank Pro Wrestling, he was a Tag Team Championship, again with Ethan Page. Great Canadian Wrestling Tag Team Champion, he won that with Tyler or Tirva. If I'm saying that right. Overall, in his career so far, in 13 years, he's had a total of 591 matches. That's insane. Now, check out the stats here, okay? And break this down if you actually was able to find this. This is really cool because we never really broken down match stats or percentages. So, this is pretty cool to see. So, total number of wins, 294. Total number of losses, 278. 
Total number of draws, 19. So break down the percentages. Total number of wins, 49.7% of the time, this guy wins. 47% of the time, unfortunately, it does not go his way. And 3.2% of the time, it's been a draw. So that just goes to show you, I mean, 50% of his matches, he wins. And he's only 13 years in. He's yeah. still got another, if he plays his cards right, he's still got another four or five, you know, actually he's probably going to say another close to another 10 years of solid, solid, solid career in him if he plays his cards right. And, you know, just to go over a couple things that he's still current with, he's the A1 Alpha Male Champion. Four times currently he's been that champion. Now this is updated, and he still still holds that championship. PWA Pure Violence Champion still holds that. And NLW Strong Style Champion. And as we know, currently the interim Destiny Wrestling Champion. But on January 20th at Carnage, he's going to face the Bruiserweight. Pete Dunne. It took a lot for the Iceman to get Dunne to come back one final time. Because as we know, he's the face of NXT UK. It took a lot for the Iceman to get him back. These two are going to have a barn burner. And as much as I'm a huge fan of Dunne, I want to see the walking weapon make a statement and no longer become, no longer be the interim Destiny Wrestling Champion. I want him to be the full-time, current, undisputed Destiny Wrestling Champion. And it really does seem like that's going to be the case simply because of how they're making Dunn and uh, Mustache Mountain, uh, all, all the above as the faces of uh, British Strong Style and NXT UK. So it seems very, very plausible that this is, uh, this is a, a match of the century for, specifically, this is the match for Josh. Mm-hmm. To actually put him over, to make him the champion full-time. And to give him that that notoriety and recognition that uh, he really genuinely deserves after this um, after being 13 years in the game and uh, and in a little bit we're gonna get to uh, the, this incredible incredible story this little journey that's taken him to get here. Josh will be the the detail filler of course when we actually sit down and we we, we do an interview with him. But uh, the story is absolutely remarkable of how of what it's taken for him from to, from where he was. To get to this match, of which this epically proportioned match between him, between Josh Alexander and uh, Pete Dunne. Yeah, it's going to be a barn burner, man. I mean, I can't wait. That night, I'm not going to be there for business. That night, I'm going to be there for a fan. I'm going to be there to see him and Dunne go at it, hopefully for 30 to 40 plus minutes, and just tear the house down. Like I said, we mentioned that yep. triple threat match. With Aiden, Aiden Prince, who is an up-and-comer. you got to keep an eye on this guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, with Loki, who was an inter- he was brought in kind of last minute to fill in for uh, Dunn at the time, who was injured. Yep. And that would have there would have not been an interim championship. That would have been Josh and Dunn going for the title. Yep. It would have been. So he actually, Josh won that match, and it was one hell of a match. We saw everything at the end of the day. At the end of the match, the fans kind of crowded around the ring. He's in the ring holding the thing and everybody's slamming on the mat. You deserve it. And he did. He absolutely deserved it. But then as quick as he won it, he had to hop right on the defensive. He had to go out and defend it. And he did. At the first ever IPPV for uh, Destiny Wrestling, still available on Fight TV. Uh, Fight.TV, 2099. Check it out. It's so worth it. Two hours of just epicness and all-around form. And 36 minutes of that two-hour span is Josh and Rick Swan tearing the house down. Swan almost had him. Swan almost had him a few times, but you can't keep a guy whose name is the walking weapon down. If you're going to put him down, you got to stop his heart. 
<laughs> you gotta stop his heart. So speaking of, since we're on the subject of the walking weapon, we keep mentioning the walking weapon. A lot of people wonder where, where wrestlers get their nicknames and monikers from. I was yeah. able to find this clip online with Josh talking about where the walking weapon nickname came from. So hope the audio on this one is good. Uh, here we go. Check this guy's out. This is Josh. This is from Josh's own mouth about where the nickname the walking weapon came from. Well, I introduced you as the walking weapon. This is a pretty badass nickname to go by. Yeah. Uh, how, when were you first coined that? Though? The first time someone called you it or you decided to go with it? Interview Ethan Page. Yeah. No, oh. not yet. Not yet? I guess say yep because I was supposed to have him on like three different times and our paths haven't crossed. Yeah, super busy. But yeah. haven't had him on yet. Well, he's my best friend, my tag team partner. Mm -hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Came up together and he's the creative genius behind everything character-wise that goes on with me. So he looked at me one day and he said, when I look at you, you come out, you wrestle anybody. I don't care who it is, the best in the world, like some brand new student, you'll just 20 minutes with them, no problem. You're like the Jason Bourne of professional wrestling to me. And I was just like, I don't even know what that means. He's like, you're like the most highly trained and highly skilled in every different aspect of wrestling, luchador or whatever. And I'm just like, okay, like how do we turn that into a gimmick? Because I needed something. And he's just like, he, he just sent me a t-shirt design that said the walking weapon and all this stuff. He went all in with a t-shirt and yeah. everything. Yeah, he gave me my music and wow. all this other stuff. And That's really neat. Yeah. What were some other nicknames that you had growing up? Uh, my trainer had given me the Ronin, which is like a... Uh, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like a warrior on his own. It's like a samurai thing. that He doesn't have like a... He doesn't come from a, like a town of samurais or whatever. Okay. But like, it didn't really fit with me. Like, I didn't... He wanted me to come out with a gi and all this other stuff. Too complicated, I man. Felt I'm like, so I'm glad you went with the walking weapon. You just were able to embrace it right away and yeah. it just stuck? Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a tweet from you here that I'd love to hear more about because I've witnessed this quite a few times. Oh, your face right away was like, uh-oh. I have tweet delete, like, every two weeks right now. Do you really? You just, you just go through and you're like, yeah. nope, shouldn't have done yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we'll see if this one is, is still up or not. But it was wrestling has changed. The most important thing now is being a good human being. A little integrity goes a long way. Scumbags are being pushed out. If not, hashtag pro wrestling karma. I yes. love that. Yes. Could you tell me a little bit more about why you decided to send that out? Oh, well, uh, I don't like calling people out individually online. I'd rather talk to them in person. And I had an incident where a promoter who doesn't pay anyone that wrestles on his show that kind of puts their body on the line because every, every single professional wrestler that steps in the ring has some risk involved. Of course. And they could lose their life, they could injure themselves and whatever. Uh, I took exception to him wanting to book me and have someone else pay me, even though he's making thousands of dollars off the show. And yeah, I just thought what he was doing was a very, like we use the word carny, which is like the old school wrestling, like you try to take advantage of everything yeah. you can and get all the money you can, and I just don't accept that anymore. Because I've met people like Ricky Shane Page and Matt Cross and Pete Dunne, like they're some of my best friends in wrestling, like maybe not Pete Dunne, I just know him pretty well now, and he's just like a genuine human being for all his success. And I just think that that's like taking over professional wrestling, I'm really happy about it. So like guys like us need to carry that forward and push the other guys out. Absolutely. Yeah. When I read that, I just thought of those people that you mentioned. I'm like, they're all such kind-hearted and sweet people. Yeah. I mean, that's the direction it needs to go. Yeah, well, like, they say never meet your heroes, and I've met some, like, guys that were my heroes, and I'm just like, oh, man, I'm so disappointed that Aww. you just couldn't take five seconds to be, like, like, just pay attention and be like, hi, genuinely, like, you just brush me off. And then you meet guys like Ricochet, who's, like, the best wrestler in the world, and, like, I went up to Denny's with him, and he was just, like, the most genuine dude for, like, two hours, and, like, same with Matt Cross and all those guys. But, yeah. It's amazing. So yeah, that was, I mean, you know, he, he, I can go on from there, but I, I wanted to play the extending part of that clip because I wanted to showcase the same thing we just spoke about, about how he took the time to spend that time. Yeah. You know, I, I had seven other people, eight, eight other people behind me in line with the lineup growing. 
and he took that time to spend five minutes with me. Yeah. And that's why I donned that walking weapon shirt. And we keep talking about the walking weapon shirt, so I do want to shout this out as well because, you know, we got to give this guy some support, some love. If you go to a website called Pro Wrestling Tees, that's with two E's, dot com, you can search his stuff. Just type in Josh Alexander and you get all of his shirts. Every one of his shirts. And they're all pretty affordable. 20 bucks. They are killer. There's my shirt there right there. Moggy Weapon. I love it. They're all available. And so let's let's support this guy. Let's support indie wrestling. Let's support these guys and give them that little funds. Because 20 bucks from you puts food on her table. Yeah. That puts clothes on his kids' backs. That puts shoes on his wife's feet. And he's absolutely right. That's uh, that's where everything is is moving in professional wrestling. I've noticed that the the Cody Rhodes mentality of go out there, uh, be as nice of a person as you can, because there's a lot of people who don't want to be nice at all and only want to be in this for money and only want it's the old school mentality of this is this isn't about wrestling. This is about making money, and that's really where that mentality has carried itself only up until a certain point, and now we're into a new. We're into a completely different ball game of, of of people like AJ Styles and people like what he mentioned about Ricochet and people about what even like Josh Alexander as a person of just morally of th- that's who what you should stand for as a human being is just the genuinely just to give back to your fans and just be a nice guy not even to give back to your fans just genuinely just be a nice guy and yeah. the, all the rest will follow and that's why I said like we talk so highly of Josh but I spoke about the other individual whose name I won't mention. So don't ask me, don't tweet it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to spoil anybody's career. Yeah. But there was an individual who was literally a current roster member of TNA. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all I'm going to say. And he actually told me, I don't take pictures. I charge for that. But just buy my t-shirt. Bro, I don't, I don't, I don't like you that much. Yeah. I just want to take a picture with you. Be like, yo, look who I met. You know what? We, we met Anthony Corelli in person. The guy took a picture with us. Yeah. You know, I met uh, OVE, the tag team champions. I took a picture with them. Then I bought their shirt. Yeah. But they didn't charge me. Went up, shook, shook, shook Ricky Strauss's hand. You know, like, these are genuine wrestlers who are going to make me want to come back and see them. Because I'm going to be like, they're cool. Yeah. They're cool. Loki, had a chance to meet him. Didn't. Kind of intimidating. Didn't really smile. Scared me a little bit. Not going to lie. Scared me just a wee bit. <laughs> scared me. But Mustache Mountain, we didn't get a chance to meet them either because that was part of the VIP package. But, just, but, they, from what but I you can tell, you can tell, nice you can tell when we were watching them and all the people in the lineup going to meet them, yeah. they took the time with each fan. There was a little boy who actually made a fake mustache. Yeah. They picked him up. Do you remember that? They picked him up on both their shoulders. Yeah. And they all did the mustache thing. And that kid was like almost in tears of joy. That kid's going to remember that. He met, like, that's going to be one of the heroes. coolest memories he ever had in his life. That's going to be the coolest thing ever. And but you know it's what? The, it's the pure Young Bucks mentality of how I've heard the Young Bucks talk about this many, many, many a time. Of the concept that every single fan that they meet, they take into genuine consideration that every single person that they come into contact with, that's going to mean more to them than it will going to just watch just watching them and being impressed with what they do and then being like I just want to go to a show and watch them that means so much to actually spend time with that person and just just for a question or two even just to sit there and just shoot the shit with them and just say just to, just to say well, how much I appreciate your wrestling and go thanks man I really appreciate that that you came up and tell me that and then to put your arm around the dude and then take a picture with them Put the arm around the chick and take a picture with him. Around the little kid and take a picture with him or her. It's like the, these these are the kinds of things, these investments that you put into your fans. That by that point they're not even fans. That's when the, you can consider them almost like quote unquote your your friends that you're following. That they want to follow you because they're so genuinely impressed with not only just your wrestling but your aura and just everything about it. Well, that's what I mean. Like with Josh, I, I, I was sold right away from his wrestling. But then when we met him the first time, we went to the Destiny Show. When we met him. 
and he took a timeout for both you and I. And we had that little conversation with him, and it was super cool. Yeah. And genuine. And then when I went back, he actually remembered me. And I told him that they were on, I was on an impromptu date night. And he goes, well, enjoy your date night, because I'm going to kick some ass for you. And I was like, yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. You know? So, yeah, and then he, and then he said to you, he's like, yeah, so where, where's your partner? The, the, the monster? Yeah, the monster. Like, no, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the animal, animal, but you yeah. almost got it. That's <laughs> you, awesome, you dude. That's so cool that you remembered that. We could switch it, though. We could switch everything around. We could just delete everything, start from scratch. Because I, I only got, like, a second with him. Like, it wasn't the same thing of having, I didn't have an, a, a really big engagement with him by any means. It was really just, but like, the a fact couple that seconds remember just remembered yeah, that. Yeah, because that meant a lot to me when you told me that. I went up to him first, and I said, you know, and then you went up, and I said, this is my, this is my co-host, my business partner, and he remembered you right away. Yeah. And he remembered, and obviously, I, at least I hope he's listened to her, you must have heard from George, maybe, or somebody, but he, he knew the moniker, so that's well, huge. Either way, man, I really hope that you just, I, Josh, I really hope that you're just genuinely impressed with just this, this, this podcast in general, because we really wanted this to be something really cool for you, um, something really cool for you to listen to. Um, and something for you to just genuinely know that like, dude, we absolutely, we adore everything about what you're doing in the professional wrestling business. You as a person in general and just where you're going and how you're going to get there and straight up just can't wait to sit down with you and actually like, and really have you tell your story in, in full. So as I said, the information was, was bleak just because he's really a Canadian best kept secret, but he will, he will reach that level. But yep. a lot of people don't realize that about going on four years ago, he almost reached that level. And I found this. This is a letter from written summer of 2005. This was a letter he wrote, posted online. It was courtesy of slam.canoe.com slash slam slash wrestling. And this was titled, Why I'm Walking Away from Wrestling. This was during a time period where he had a serious, serious neck injury. And, um, you know, when we do get to sit down with him, and we will, we guarantee you we will, we're not going to stop hunting after him, we're not going to stop going after him to get that 20 minutes, 30 minutes, wherever we can with him. Yep. Uh, just like Stone Rockwell, we're still, we're still on the hunt for the adventurer as well. Yep. We will definitely get those two in the Straight Talk Studios for sure to have some in-depth interviews. But, you know, this was a letter that he wrote, and I, I wanted to kind of comb through the letter and read parts of it. But as I read the letter, I got touched. And as I kept reading the letter, there wasn't a single part of this I could leave out. So remember, this is a letter from Josh. Uh, this was written about four years ago. Obviously, thankfully, he's recovered from that injury. And he is still active and still kicking ass today, which is fantastic. Because if this had happened, you and I would have never known the walking weapon. Yeah, and we he actually talking, does. We wouldn't be doing this today. Yeah, he doesn't He doesn't talk about... Um, he actually even mentions that you know sometimes when you, when you leave the curtain for a bit, you fade away. But... Thankfully, he didn't fade away. And thankfully, he came back stronger and healthier and, and wiser and, and more statistic, statistically smarter than ever because he really has kept his career circulating to the point where he's achieving success and he's healthy. And that's the most important thing. Yep. So like I said, this was written summer 2015. So here we go. For the better part of 10 years, I've been stuck on autopilot. I've been doing what I love seemingly out of habit. In my life, I've sacrificed everything most people wouldn't, all to live my dream. The dream of being somebody, anybody noticeable. This is a tough subject for me. Nonetheless, here we go. As of 11 a.m. on June 3rd, my life was forever changed. I got some news. News I'd hoped I'd, be, I'd have been prepared for. News I tried to prepare for. However, as it was evident by my state that morning, I failed miserably. Life before wrestling was bleak. I had very few people I could call friends. I was doing what I thought was right for my future, but hated every second of it. 
As a fat kid who never particularly excelled at anything, I was depressed. I grew up alone, which would explain why I'm socially inept, in case any of you haven't wondered. Which is not the case now, because he's such a social dude. Such a social dude. I've always suffered from a great deal of depression. Then wrestling came along. I found something that I could excel at. And it felt so, so damn good to be good at something. The admiration I received from my peers and fans validated me as an individual. I made friends with people who had common interests and established lifelong friendships. For the first time in my life, I had found something seamless. Some kind of semblance of peace in wrestling. I was the elite. People saw me for what felt like the first time. I wasn't invisible anymore. I stood out from the pack. I had found something to mold me as an individual to make me feel I had some value. Wrestling taught me that life was even worth living. Sadly, something I questioned on a few occasions in my life. For that, I am forever grateful to this business. So here's the story. A few years ago at AAW, I suffered a neck injury. I lost some strength and had, a radi- and had radiating pain in my spine for six months. I took time off and moved to Alberta as a way to get away and hopefully heal my body. It was a successful move, but the itch to come back to professional wrestling crept back until it was killing me. I was determined. I had unfinished business. I wanted a contract. Something to validate my eight years of sacrifice I had made up until that point. Ring of Honor was in my sights. And most importantly, I felt it was in my reach. Within a few months of returning, I did an ROH tryout camp. As someone had already wrestled for ROH and had seemingly impressed the office, I was honestly annoyed by the formality that I had to do the camp to be considered. It was a good experience, yet also a flat-out cash grab. And a shitload of money, especially for a struggling indie wrestler. However, it paid off in a form of another match versus Red Dragon. This match was nearly flawless. The Dearborn crowd made me the most over guy on the show due to my headgear. Ethan Page and I swung for the fences, and with the help of two of the best, we hit a home run. It's one of the proudest moments of my career. We stole the damn show. However, what some people don't know is that I took a tornado DDT from Kyle O'Reilly. It's my boy, Kyle O'Reilly, Undisputed Era. I felt the crunch in my neck. It wasn't soon after that I would lose all strength in my right arm. took a few weeks off, hardly able to sleep, and in some of the worst pain I've ever endured in my life. I got an MRI and sought out the neurologist for help. He told me that I had compressed her- or my disc and it would require surgery at the end of September. I went in and secretly had my C5 and C6 vertebrae fused. For anyone who's observant, yes, I kept wrestling during that time. I hid my injury from everyone. Ethan Page knew a little bit about my circumstances, but he couldn't even disclose the full severity of my injury to him. I knew he loved me, like a brother, and wouldn't let me wrestle if he knew the risk involved. I refused to miss out on my opportunity with ROH, and I had some great matches during that time, regardless of my injury. Tim Dunst and myself had a few good ones in AIW. The Monster Mafia hit another home run in Toronto at All-Star Extravaganza. My first match back was against Roderick Strong and Jimmy Jacobs for for ROH in Chicago. I wish I had been healthier for this one. I had an amazing amount of respect and admiration for the machine that is Roddy Strong, and it was devastated that I couldn't give him the Josh. I couldn't give him the Josh Alexander at his best. All this time, he probably just thought I sucked. The truth is, I was just two weeks removed from busting my neck. But well, that's life. So I had surgery. During the time, Monster Mafia turned down the ROH booking. Honestly, part of it was out of frustration of the lack of interest in us, even though we were always delivering for them. For them. But mostly it was because I would not I would have been two weeks removed from neck surgery, something I obviously didn't tell them about. However, the clock was ticking and I had to get back. If ROH didn't want me, we still had to make it in PWG. I couldn't let my partner down. Tag bookings don't just turn into singles bookings 
if one guy is out. Even though I was never told to wrestle again, and only five weeks post-surgery, I came back to Alpha 1 versus Ricochet. I powered on through the pain and aggravation, all for this one goal. Then, February 2015, the Monster Mafia debuted in PWG. Finally happened. We also got to do it versus two of our favorite opponents and human beings, the Young Bucks. It was honestly a dream come true. The memories of making it from some shitty warehouse show in Hamilton to California with my best friend in front of the hottest crowd in all of wrestling was surreal. Soon after, we returned to the next show to face the Love Gun. It was in this match where my career took a turn. My neck was finally feeling alright. I was getting back in shape. The strength in my right arm had almost completely returned. But toward the end of the match, just like last time, Chris Sabian hoisted me up for a powerbomb and Matt Sedell met me with double knees. What happened next was no one's fault. Just poor timing. This could have happened to anyone. It was just the way it's just the way wrestling is. Every single thing is a risk. And as I was taking the move, I came crashing down on my head to the gasp of everyone in the audience as well as Love Gun. And I finished the match. I honestly thought I dodged a bullet. When I returned home, I woke up one morning to extreme pain, now in my left arm, as well as a complete loss of strength. I was devastated. To say the least, not again. This cannot be happening. My luck. My tag partner is obsessed with fate. It's a common topic of discussion in the car. I've asked myself countless times if it was my destiny to end up like this. If I had never moved to Calgary and in effect abandoned my best friend when he needed me most, I would have likely been so reckless with my body. I just wanted to make up for the lost time and mend that broken relationship. Also, I originally hurt my neck on the top rope reverse Rana, a risk I only took because I thought we'd never get across the border again and wanted to make every moment noticeable. Surely ROH would want to give me a contract if I was leaving a lasting impression and getting the buzz. Yeah, I'm dumb. The match that night versus Red Dragon, the finish originally wasn't even supposed to be me. One more at PWG, I had to state my case and convince Sabian that he could hoist me up for a powerbomb to even execute the maneuver. All the things were almost avoided. So was it my fate? No, it's just a risk all wrestlers take. If, I did, if it didn't happen to one of those things, it certainly would have been something else. My neck is just bad. It's weak. Wrestling for 10 years, leaving it all in the ring, whether there were 10 or 1,000 fans, has finally caught up to me. After the match, Love Gun... After the match with Love Gun, I told Ethan Page I'd get us through DDT. And it, that was a dream. We were a tag team first and foremost. It's one thing that's kept me loving wrestling this long. I achieved the unthinkable and won the PWG tag team titles at DDT. I not only won the titles, but I did it with my best friend, even if it was short-lived. In the week leading up to DDT, I finally got the MRI I was waiting for. The morning of June 3rd, I got the results. Safe to say I had to sit down when I got the news. I was told that pretty much... I pretty much have either a bulging or herniated disc at every level of my neck. I also have an impregnament so severe that it left my arm that it left my left arm is now completely astrophied. I'm sorry if I'm saying these words wrong, guys. My neurosurgeon told me surgery was my only option, that I have to do another two-level fusion, and it's only way to relieve the consistent pain and halt any more extreme symptoms. So July 23rd. I'm set to have my second neck surgery in less than a year. To quote one of my favorite movies, wow, this is heavy, Doc. Now, I don't want to be bitter, talk about all the bad. Don't get me wrong, they were certainly bad. But whenever, if this is, but whatever, if this is the last anyone hears from me, then they'll hear the truth. The truth is, I'm not a bitter guy. For the last year, I haven't felt worthy of stepping foot in a ring. I felt like a fraud, calling myself a professional wrestler, regardless of the fact 
that I feel I've had the most success in my career this year. I've also had the worst injuries. My neck has kept me from being able to train, get in shape, and as a child I was obese and was ridiculed daily. So being in shape goes a long way for my confidence. It's been a rough year physically and emotionally. Wrestling is all I ever felt I was born to do. Something I was naturally very good at. When I was confident and at my best, I don't think that there's anyone better than me. Looking up anything from the fall of 2013, that was my prime. I guess I'll just always be a little upset I didn't get to show the world. I sit here and hope people don't take this the wrong way. I don't want my legacy to be the reckless wrestler. Did I take unnecessary risks? Sure. Did my pride get in the way? Certainly. I've been through. The, I've been so tough these past couple of years that I'm stupid. I was taxing my body, taking years off my life, and risking it all, all for a chance to be recognized as one of the best. If this is supposed to, and I guess I suppose I fell short of my goal. The shelf life of a wrestler isn't long. After a few months, I will be an afterthought to fans. I'm okay with that because that means they've turned their attention to other guys trying to make their mic mark. Wrestling is tough. It'll break your heart and smile while doing it if you let it. I never let it get the best of me for too long. But today, with tears in my eyes, I can admit I'm scared of life without it. So that's it. I regret not ever getting the contract. I regret not being able to go out on my own terms. Hell, I even regret I never got to be on Cole Cabana's podcast. Should have kissed more asses. But when I think about it, I'm proud of everything I did. I wrestled for 10 years, balls to the wall. Gave everything to wrestling, and it gave so much in return. Even if I failed to get a contract, I made it to PWG. Made some amazing friends, met some amazing fans. I traveled North America, and I made a bit of cash doing it. I appreciate all the boys and girls who I've wrestled and shared locker rooms with. I thank the promotions and fans for giving me a chance to live my dream. Most importantly, I thank Ethan Page for giving me the courage to admit that I was hurt. And in return, check my pride at the door for the benefit of my family. As strong as I may be for support, it went a long way for my best friend. I'm not saying I'm quitting or retiring. I hate that. I really have no choice in the matter. Truthfully, I was never supposed to come back after the first surgery, but I risked it. All for the chance to finish whatever unfinished business I had. I'm glad I did, because I made memories that will last a lifetime. I'm so proud to say in my decade of pro wrestling, I never injured one of my opponents, with exception of Scotty O'Shea's nose on several occasions. <laughs> I'm proud to know that some will remember me for quite some time, but I'm terrified at the thought of life without wrestling. I don't want to be the I don't want to be thought as a quitter, but I must have never really wanted it that much. For the past decade, decade, it's all I ever wanted. Luckily, I found something I love even more than wrestling. I have a beautiful son, gorgeous girl, amazing friends, and I love my family. I will need them. I am honestly, genuinely excited for the future. For the first time in ten years, the path I've been walking is changing. The uncertainty is exhilarating. Stay in touch. Thank you, Joshua LeMay. There's not, there, the, like, how do you, how do you even, where do you start after <laughs> something like that? It's absolutely, it, it's, it's incredibly touching. It's incredibly amazing. Um, I, I actually, I read that myself uh, right before the podcast. Um, and when I was listening to it again, it just, um, I, I can't help but relate to it in so many ways. I can't. I figured you would. I, I can't would. help but sit here and um, not like I want to go into like my crazy long story like that, but the the point of uh, when you I can I completely understand and relate to the fact of 
uh, being 34 years old and one year ago having to give up my dream to go into rehab, to go and fix my back and then get to the point where I'm at right now, rebuilding literally everything that I'm trying to rebuild right now, almost in the same fashion and sense of Josh is a little bit more ahead at this point. Um, but, uh, and, and, and as far as I'm concerned to, to re to hear something like that, um, I always love hearing stories, uh, I, more of the person who, who, who absolutely climaxed and then went through this incredibly tough time and had to rebuild it all the way back up again and came out in sheer triumph. And that's what we're watching right now. That's the, this, that's really yeah, the, the success, story of the success. The, the success. Yeah, this, this, and you know, I'm glad that he took the time, took the surgery, did it right, recovered properly, and was able to step back in the ring because he is something generally special, yeah. something that fans should see. So I implore all our fans, because we know we have fans worldwide, and we love you guys for it, but I implore all of you, go to fight.tv, pay the 20 bucks, pay it, watch that Destiny Wrestling pay-per-view, watch that main event, see this guy that we're talking about, and like Steve said, go on YouTube, check out the Ricochet match, he wasn't at his best, but check it out. You can also see the matches with Love Gun. See the matches with Red Dragon. See all those matches. They're all on YouTube. You can find them. I found all of them. And I can and I can tell you my favorite one that I watched of any one of them that I, I did watch, even though it's like yeah, you could you could tell. And I only I only really could I could I made that distinction after reading that after after reading the fact that he was injured during that match. I didn't really know that because you can't tell. He's one of those dudes that it doesn't matter how hurt he was. He would just go in there and gut it out, and it would be just like as if there was no injury at all, because he's just in front of the fans and tons of adrenaline, and you know all these things that are going on, and the fans screaming "Walking Weapon" and screaming "Ricochet," and you know all these crazy things that were going on in the middle of that match. It was basically in the middle of a gymnasium, but Jesus Christ, that was one of the coolest matches I think I've ever seen ever in the, my history of watching matches. I can tell you was Ricochet versus josh alexander it was absolutely insane as soon as this podcast is done or right now whatever the hell you want to do go check that match out immediately it's yeah. absolutely insane a barn burner from top to bottom yeah and then don't forget to check out the pay-per-view because the match with rick swan was equally as epic yes and the matches that are going on now that's the point is that was josh then what i talked about just now was josh then the, the josh now that we are watching, growing, at, just taking everything I can see that w when he's in the ring, there's a lot more consideration of things, of, of past injuries and trying not to make those things come to fruition and going forward. I can really tell that this guy's going all out to, to really give everybody a great story, but also take really great consideration of his own body. Yeah. And, and the other person's well, as well, and obviously. The, well, and this, especially the fact that he's got a wife and two kids. Yeah. So, you know, you've got you've to take it. You've got to take it as it is. You got to understand that he's now doing this for his family as well as for himself, but he's doing it the right way. He's doing it safely. Not that he wasn't doing it safely before, but he even admitted himself he was dumb. He took those risks. He shouldn't have been back in the ring so quick after that surgery. But you know what? It's like you with music, man. It's like me with movies. There's that itch. There's that itch in the back of your head. No matter how hard you try, you can't scratch it. You can't. It's like a drug. And you need that adrenaline sometimes. And the only way to do it, like for you, you got to get behind that kit. No matter how bad the pain was, you got to play your heart out. Me, I got to be behind the camera. Or I got to be talking on the radio with my sexy radio voice. Because that's my itch. And with Josh, you can see when he gets in that ring, man, he lives every moment like it's his last. Yeah, man. And I remember, I remember specifically on that last tour, I can totally relate to listening to what Josh had to say about that simply because, and any wrestler for that matter has ever talked about going in the ring, having 
the stupidest injuries ever. Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 14. Uh, you, when you're when you're watching the match, you can see his face when he's taking really hard turnbuckle shots and stuff like that. But beyond that, it's really hard to tell that he was really just that crazy injured. But uh, to the point of, I remember having people having to. Ha I remember having my bass player help me on stage because I literally couldn't walk. I couldn't actually physically get up to get myself onto the drum set and. I decided to have somebody assist me to literally get me on and off stage. But once that green light happened, man, and as soon as that first song hits, I'm standing up all of a sudden, and I'm dropping down, and I'm animal again, and I'm this, this dude that just has to command a stage because it's just the only place that I feel is the, the coolest place on earth to be. And so I totally just under, I totally relate to, to listening to Josh and, and everything that he talked about that, but particularly just this triumph of going through all of that and then to come back and to be where he's at right now is truly, uh, truly amazing. It's a special circumstance, and we uh, we hope we did him justice on this one. Like I said, the information, there wasn't a lot out there. I combed through the best of best, but uh, like I said, like we said, go check out those matches, Fight.TV, check out the Destiny Wrestling pay-per-view. Hit up Josh on his Facebook and his Twitter. Uh, do it all. We're going to shout him out after this episode. We're going to tweet it to him. Hopefully he takes a chance to listen to it. Hopefully he likes what we did. And hopefully he's proud, just as we are proud of him for being the face of Canadian Strong Style. Couldn't have said it better, brother. Thank you very much. All right, well, that's it for 2018. It's in the books. It's done. It's finished. That's it. That's it. So from myself and from the animal, everyone out there, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you're celebrating, have a safe and happy holiday, and enjoy the new year. And don't forget, first week of January, we're back. We're keeping that one under wraps. We're keeping that one under wraps. It's probably right. going to be your turn at the Superstar Profile. But we'll let you figure that one out. And you come yeah. back. I don't even want to know. I don't want to know until the day of. Actually, I have to know before because I have to you, set up the clips. You need have to, to know, know beforehand. Before. But Fine. you all won't know until the you day won't know. of. That for the first time ever, um, that's what I was just trying to process in my tiny little head right now. Just like, you know what? Let's just keep that as you're not going to know who the hell it is until we actually get to that day. But that'll be a superstar profile. Yes. That'll, that'll be, be So that'll profile. be the first superstar profile of 2019. I'm jacked. I already know who I'm doing in February. Right on. I can't. I want to say it though. Can I say it? Go for it. Can I say it? I'm gonna say it. If you're that excited, and I am excited. all over it. Then go for it. Well, we've been we've been doing the elite. We've been doing the Bullet Club. I want to keep going with it. So I got to do my guy. Yeah, I got to get in the head of it. I was gonna say. I'm like, let me let me take it. Let me take a stab at this. Go ahead, take a stab. Let me let me take a stab. Go is ahead, take a stab. Is it Mr. Marty Skrull? It is. It's the villain. <laughs> it is. I'm so jacked. That's gonna be our superstar profile for February. I have to let it out. I've already kind of got half of it done. He is the most interesting cat in professional wrestling going on right now. He is the most the, fascinating, the mind, interesting... The mind, like we talk about Cody's, we talk about Kenny's business mind, but man, the mind that Scroll has yeah. is second to none. And I'm, I'm jacked with all the stuff that I found so far. I've got some great clips lined up, everything. I'm excited for February. But I still got two months to work on it. Not the biggest fan of his wrestling, but I love everything about his character. and love well, you everything know what? about what he's doing. I may change your mind, because I'm going to list some matches... During this podcast, when we hit it, I'm going to hit list of matches. When the matches, you're going to go back here and check out, and oh. I think you'll be impressed. Ironically enough, that's actually been kind of my bag as of late, is going through Marty Skrull, because it's kind of been a thing lately of just like, okay, I need to get up on this guy, I need to get up on this guy. And lately, it's all been about Marty Skrull, of really going back, because I, lo I love the character, and I love watching the character, and I love watching it build, and everything like that. But all I knew was the character. I didn't really know very much about the actual matches. So when I he's on, he's on, man. Yeah, he's yeah. on. When he's it's on, awesome. he's on. He's, he's, he's very, he's very, I, I think his, re a lot of people love his character, but they don't appreciate his wrestling the way they should. He's, he's very much like that in that, that British strong style Pete Dunne, that kind of thing of like, mm -hmm. just pick the part, pick 
the the opponent's anatomy away of like literally pick him away until he gets yeah, to the point of school. break his fingers. It's old school. You take him, you hurt him in a place, then you start going at it and you go at it hard. And they're all waiting for. I literally I noticed that anybody who ever pays a ticket to go see Marty Scroll, they're all just waiting for that moment where they can all tell each other to just shut the hell up so they can listen to the guy break the guy's fingers. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's literally the whole point of the whole match. The by the end of it all is just to wait for that moment where he breaks the guy's fingers. <laughs> that's, that's the it's most awesome. enjoyable moment of the match, right? <laughs> I love watching people get their fingers broken. I watched him just. I watched him last night beat Ricochet from literally oh, just breaking his such fingers. Such a good match. Such an unbelievable match. But and with, you know who right rated that match breaks garbage? His fingers and then pins Ricochet. You know who rated that match garbage? He gave it a four star. Let me guess. Was it Mr. Dave Meltzer? Man, what a jackass. <laughs> what a dildo. Probably because of the fact that I, because I immediately I thought in my head I was just like, oh my god, as a as as a as, as like a writer and a guy that would like probably pick this match apart. Holy crap! I can see everybody just picking this apart because how could anybody beat Ricochet from breaking his fingers like that? Like that's that that's what wrestling is, guys. It's supposed to do stuff like that. You're supposed to have sometimes have the guy that shouldn't win win. Right. And don't get me wrong, I'm a Ricochet fan, but when Marty Skull broke his fingers, I had a smile on my face. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was amazing. Really funny. So that's going to be my superstar profile for February. But (laughs) January is going to be a mystery. We're building a mystery like Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. I've never had a chance to throw that in the window together. Very excited about that. (laughs) Very excited. All right, guys. So 2018 is in the books. Don't forget, you have a chance to get episode 20 to 40 still available on all our platforms. January 1st, New Year's Eve, when I recover from my hangover, they're gone. Yep. Probably around 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. But they're gone. (laughs) They're gone. So, 2018 has been epic. We've seen our audience grow. We're so proud of what we've done. We thank all of you for taking the time out of your day to listen to two guys talk in my basement. It's super honoring, super humbling, and we thank each and every one of you guys for taking the time out to listen to Straight Talk. We're not going away. We're only getting stronger. We're getting cooler. We're getting better. The guests we have lined up, the people we're tracking down. Now we're at the stage now. We're in our kind of year two. We're hungry. Yeah. We're hungry and we want to grow. Eventually, it's like Les Brown, man. We're hungry. Eventually, I guarantee that if Destiny keeps growing on Fight TV, you will see your host and the animal on the pre show. We will be the guys. We will be Booker T and fucking Sam Roberts, stupid Albert Einstein looking motherfucker. I hate that stupid prick. <laughs> we'll be those guys breaking down the epic match cards from Destiny Wrestling. So I hope George is listening because I'm pretty much plugging for a job. Put us on a pre-show panel if you ever have one, because we will make it dynamite. Do it. Because we, we love your product. You down, bud. We love your product, and most importantly, we love the face that is the walking weapon, Josh Alexander. So as our Christmas gift to all of you, go research this guy. Get on the bandwagon, because he is something special to see. Anything else you want to say before we wrap it up for 2018? I think you just, I think you, you pretty much summed it all up. Honestly, Merry Christmas, guys. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Thank you all so, so much for, for tuning into us and listening to what we have to say. Because seriously, this is just all stuff that we used to just sit around just shooting the shit about in, in, in the living room while we were watching wrestling events or just hanging out as friends. And, and so to have this kind of platform, then to now be expanding into where we're going and where it turned out to be just two fans that were just, Shooting the shit before is now turned into we are turning this into a business and we are trying to turn this into a very flourishing one at that. And uh, 2019, I have absolutely no doubt from how much, how much, uh, what a roller coaster ride this has kind of been going from the beginning of 2018 to now. 
and now we're, we're from the beginning of 2018 to where we're at and then going into 2019 i have no doubt that this thing is going to just absolutely take off in a completely amazing direction that a lot of stuff that we don't even know what's going to happen but i know for a fact that it's going to be absolutely amazing mm -hmm. and thank you to destiny wrestling for all the opportunities that you have given us george the ice man you guys are amazing um, really looking forward to Carnage. Cannot wait for that. And oh, oh my God, like just the, where 2019 is going, uh, my, my head is just already thinking about how just amazing it's going to be. Yeah, so don't forget, Carnage, January 20th. It's going to be a house show. It won't be on fight, I don't believe. It's not on fight, is it? It's no, it's not on fight. It's, it's, it's a house show, but Jesus, what a house show. But if we are, if we do get an opportunity to be invited again, and I, I'm, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, hashtag invite us to Carnage, hashtag put us on the pre-show. Hashtag do it, that's it. We're, we're plugging for jobs now. But, and and la last thing, though, that I do want to say, Josh, really hope, like we've said a million times on this podcast, we really genuinely keep saying it over and over and over again because we genuinely want this to, we wanted this to be an awesome opener, if you will, for when you have the opportunity to actually come in here and to, uh, to sit down and really, really tell your story to where you're at right now and what's going on with you, where you see your future going, all of the above. And we just kind of wanted to give a precursor to everybody just to really give them an idea of just what an epic, epic, amazing human being you are as a wrestler, as a human, all the above. And just can't wait to sit down with you in the near future. Yeah, so Carnage, January 20th, you got Pete Dunne versus Josh Alexander. Finally going to find out who the Destiny Wrestling Champion is because Josh is only holding it in term. And then we got Aiden Prince going up against Tyler Bate. Whoa! That's a barn burner in itself. It's going to be a barn burner and a half. So again, from our family to yours, Merry Christmas, safe and happy holidays, guys. Tune in first week of January, first Friday of January. That should be January the 4th. We will be going back live with Steve the Animal's mystery career profile. And as always, 2018 has been great. We're looking forward to 2019. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy your weekend. And don't forget, check out anything you can on The Walking Weapon. Peace out, guys. Peace. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Catch us every Wednesday at 7.30 on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Also, be sure to follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. Wrestling!